So going back to the fundamentals, like for example, I would never buy a home that's close to a liquor store or a gas station in Detroit because those places attract the wrong kind of crowd and there's always traffic back and forth. So you're listening to the right club podcast where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at the And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Right Club Podcast. Sarah, how's it going? Hey, it's going awesome. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm actually, uh, I got stuck in Burlington doing some meetings out there today, so I couldn't get back home in time, but luckily enough, I got a good space uh, to record. So uh, I'm really pumped about today's episode. Savio from Windsor, he's killing it out there, man. Investing in Detroit. I don't think we ever had a US investor so far on the podcast, have we? No, this is uh, this is the first, the first Canadian investing in the U.S. in Detroit, living in Windsor and uh, killing it, killing it in the last two and a half years. Went to an event and uh, decided to just pull the plug and started flipping. Now he's got some buy and holds in Windsor, and it's uh, it's really cool how he's flipping in Detroit and then taking that active piece of the business, creating passive income by buying some buy and holds in Windsor that are cash flowing. So pretty cool concept. And you know, the really awesome part is he picked up and he moved his whole family from Oakville all the way to Windsor. So that is uh, that's a pretty bold move. So I mean, congrats. It sounds like it worked out for him. Yeah, that is commitment. Taking action. Um, that's like pretty much right beside that in the dictionary, <laughs> like going and, and, and doing that and really committing to it. Right. And that's like, you know, let's, let's do it. There's, there's no turning back. You're committed. Yeah. Really, really great interview. We hope you like it. We want you to get at us. Let us know what you're thinking. Rate, review the podcast, check out the website. A lot of cool stuff on there. And, uh, I'm ready. I'm really excited. What do you think, sir? Get to yeah, it. Let's do it. Hello, Savio, and welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm really excited to have you. So you are probably one of the first that we've had, probably the first that we've had from Windsor, Ontario, and also investing in Detroit across the bridge. And so we're going to talk all about that today. <laughs> Lots right. of... Uh, Detroit what? Detroit what? <laughs> I know, right? You hear Detroit and like... How bad is it? <laughs> but uh, before we get into, into Detroit and all that good stuff, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, before I do in that, I want to say, Alfonso, Sarah, thank you so much for what you guys do in the Right Club and having me out here. You know, I know you get this all the time, the thank yous all the time, but I truly want to take a second and recognize the fact that you guys are investors first, and that's a full-time job by itself. So you know, to put the show that you guys do, uh, it really takes visionaries, in my opinion. And you guys have the vision to see that, you know, if we all help each other, uh, the world is a better place. So really, thank you. You know, for the ones who come out there and sit in our comfortable seats, it's not only you guys not only help helping us grow, but guiding our growth as well. So I really look up to you guys. And uh, for sure, for those who don't come up or who have not actually attended the show, your audience, then they should because the cost of attending versus the, the training that you get in return is, is not comparable. Right? So thanks again. I appreciate it. Now you come all the way from Windsor when you come out. So I like, no. is that a three hour drive? <laughs> yeah, three hours when there's no construction on the 401. Uh, it's nice and easy, but we'll talk about podcasts later, but I guess uh, that's what I do. So I just put my podcast in two podcasts in and I'm, I'm there. So not too bad. Very cool. Awesome. So yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Sure. How did I get into real estate investing? When my wife and I actually started to look for doing our own business, we went the traditional route. We looked at uh, franchises, to be honest, and we went to the Franchise Expo in Toronto. And one industry in particular caught our eye, it was the cleaning industry. And when we were interviewing for that, for that franchise, the guy asked us and he said, listen, what would happen if nobody comes to work? Are you guys going to go out and clean? And I had this overwhelming, no, I'm the owner of the business. I'm pumping all this money into it. I'm going to hire workers. I'm going to take care of the marketing and the bookkeeping sitting in my fat office and doing pretty much nothing. And I'm going to own this business and it's going to run, right? Right. So uh, fast forward four years later, I'm scrubbing the bathroom of one of my clients because my employees didn't show up to work that morning. I made a promise to myself. I said, listen, I got to find another business, number one, that pays me more than just minimum wage right? To grow my wealth. And number two, I don't want to be dependent on employees. So, you know, as soon as that thought came into my mind, I'm a big believer of law of attraction. Within uh, the next two months, I think I went to uh, the Wealth Expo, the Real Estate Wealth Expo in Toronto. You know, the one with uh, Tony Robbins and... uh, That's the one, yeah. I I went to, and that's actually how I started my podcast originally, is there was a guy there that was talking about podcasting, and I took his class, and then I signed up for it, and I'm like, I just got to start a podcast, I suppose, but yes. So that was... What, two, two and a half years ago. So you just started two and a half years ago. Yeah, that's it. Wow. That's it. The guy with the red shoes was up there and said that we're going to teach you how to flip in your market nice. with other people's money. And it's a $5,000 course. And if you sign up in 30 minutes, you get it for $1,000. And I was the first one in the queue. <laughs> and, and three days later, after the course, uh, they, at the end of the course, they said, well, this was just the beginning. And if you sign up for 40, it's a $45,000 course. But if you sign up today, it's going to be $25,000 one time fee. And I was the first one in the queue again. So <laughs> that's really how I got into to uh, real estate investing. Well, and that's definitely, you know, we, we talk to a lot of different investors, obviously at the live events and, and now on the podcast. And, and that's how a lot of, a lot of the investors get started. There is some course, some guru, somebody teaching something on how to do it. And I think, you know, Sarah, we, we always talk about this even in person, but it's about the action that you take. Like somebody, there's so much knowledge. There's so much information out there. Like you could live a hundred lifetimes and not, not acquire all the knowledge you need to, or that you, you'd want to. But it's really taking the action on one thing or two things specifically and putting them and making it uh, making it work and, and doing that. So so good on you. And you know, and, and I know at the at the last event it was a two-year anniversary that you would come up and you were speaking, you were telling everybody Detroit. And I kind of whispered under my breath, I was like, Detroit, what? But uh, and uh, I kind of had said, Yeah, I, I would probably feel more comfortable going through Detroit, never mind investing, but with somebody like you, you know, tough guy, looking guy, the beard and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> in, your, in your journey, what, what have you learned about Detroit? What are some similarities about investing in any other market or what are some specific things to Detroit that, that makes it different? Yeah, no, excellent question. I think a lot has been said in Canadian investing that Canada is different to the U.S. and all oh, the rules don't apply and, and stuff like that, right? But honestly speaking, if you can invest in Canada, you can invest in, in, in the US, you can invest in Australia, you can invest anywhere you want to, right? Once you have that knowledge and that theory behind you and you actually go out and do something, it's, it's very similar, right? Mm-hmm. What I do like about Detroit is, of course, there's a few things that are different, uh, namely the 1031 exchange, for example, where you can roll over your capital gains and you can defer your taxes. So I have uh, investor partners who basically do fix and flips and get a, a chunk of change, for example, but they don't want to bring, they don't need to bring that back over the border and they accumulate that and then they go and buy a cash flowing property. 
right? Tax-free money. I got another guy who basically, um, and this is my dream as well, I do enough flips and I can go buy my Florida home and finally retire. So there's different ways to do things, but uh, definitely there are some advantages to investing in the States. Absolutely. Now, I do want to take a step back. So now you have, you were talking to me about it beforehand, a passive and an active strategy. Can we talk about your portfolio and what you're currently doing now? Sure. So um, basically, I got two strategies, right? I'm in Windsor, Ontario, which is about 20 minutes away from Detroit, depending on the project where it is. So my active business is really flipping. So I fix and flip Detroit. And I do that and I get the money from Detroit. And I like to say I run quick. <laughs> uh, jokes aside, I, I take that profits uh, and I bring it across the border and I basically invest in buy and hold here in Windsor. So uh, right now I have two flips that I'm currently working on in Detroit. I have four buy and holds in Windsor. And hopefully by the end of the year, I would end up with 10 flips in Detroit. And my goal for Windsor is to have additional four buy and holds. Okay, excellent. Well, congratulations. So you started pretty soon after you took that course then to, to get your yeah. first. So what was your first flip? Can we talk about your first deal? Yeah, sure, sure. So, you know, I came out of that meeting pumped, obviously, right? And I wanted to get uh, wanted to get going real quick. So the first thing we did was sell a house in Oakville. <laughs> That's where we were. And I sold at the, at the peak time of 2007, the peak market, right? So we made a killing for sure. We downsized something. We found something that uh, met our needs, but uh, we had enough leftover gain to go and uh, find a fixer-upper in Oakville. So can I share the numbers? Is that okay? Sure, absolutely. Please do. Yeah, okay, great. So we bought this uh, fix, fixer-upper in Oakville for $750,000. We put in another one hundred and fifty dollars into it. So now we're you know close to nine hundred dollars plus in, in total investment. And then we sold for about $1.1 or just shy of $1.1. We made some money, but it did take me 10 months, right? And we were talking, uh, my family and I, and we said, listen, it's a good business for sure, but is this sustainable? If you got to do this full time with our own money, this is probably not the best idea, right? So I started, um, I had a coach at the time and you know he was pushing me to go and find off-market properties, deep discounts, which is not... At that time, it was not a common thing in Canada, right? Or at least in my mind, I, didn't, I, I was not exposed to the right club. If I was then before, uh, maybe I could have found those deals. But I started to venture out. You know, I looked at uh, Milton first. I looked at Hamilton, a lot of competition in Hamilton. I went to Buffalo. And out of whim, I said, you know what? Detroit's not that far. Let me go and check out Detroit. So I went to Detroit. I went to a couple of meetups there, met a few people, got the contacts, and I bought my first property over there. So just as a comparison, right? My first Detroit property, I bought for 75000 My Oakville property was 750000 Right. I put 30K into Renault's in my Detroit property. I put 150K in my Oakville property. I made 30K in my Detroit property after four months. I made 40K in my Oakville property after 10 months. Mm-hmm. So no brainer, right? We came back. I was still commuting uh, for that first project from Oakville and my wife didn't like it at all because <laughs> I was away for, you know, weeks at a time. So when I came back, I said, listen, we're moving. So, so <laughs> we, yeah. So in a couple of months, we just packed our bags and drove down wow. to Windsor. And here we wow. are. That's a um, big life change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about, talk about taking action and doing the step. That's like, Boom, picking up and, and, and moving that. That's fantastic. And I, I picked up on something that you said there is that you went over to Detroit, went to some media groups, met some people that are actively doing it there, and, you know, and, and made the right contacts. We always think, oh, we can look on, on the internet. We can look on, you know, use technology and, and, and send out lists and all that kind of stuff. But actually getting on there and putting the boots on the ground and doing it, that's huge. And I think that's probably a big differentiator in terms of 
how you're able to, able to kind of intensify or, or shorten the span to get to that success. And now basically moving now to Windsor, that's pretty cool, man. So absolutely. What's the, biggest change? what's the biggest change that you've noticed being in Windsor from, you said it was Oakville that you were living? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Windsor, Windsor is nice, right? It's a smaller community for sure. There's, uh, but I, I say any any burb in Ontario is the same. You get the same stuff, right, that you get everywhere else. The only difference is that if you can't get it, you can cross the border and, and get, get into the U.S. And I'm sure you can find it there, right? So that's always definitely an advantage. My wife is very much into health and fitness. So, you know, we, we do a lot of shopping um, in Detroit because there's a Whole Foods right there. We don't have one in Windsor, so so there's a lot of advantages of being so close close to the border. But the Windsor people are awesome; they're awesome, right? Really, a small family type community. So very awesome. So so you're flipping in Detroit, and then you're taking your money and you're holding in Windsor. And obviously, you're a Canadian citizen. You're paying taxes here, but how does that work? And I will say that you are not a tax accountant. So if anybody is taking the advice, please also check with your accountant. But from what you know and what you've experienced personally, what can you tell us about those implications? Yeah, thanks for that disclaimer because <laughs> that's important for sure. I think that's a that's a big question that I get asked uh, most often from anybody looking to invest in the U.S., not just Detroit, but the U.S. You know, how do we do that? Uh, I think it's an important one. Um, and you know, going back to what we learned in real estate investing or in any kind of business, your power team is super important in this case, right? So I can't stress the importance of having the right lawyer, the right CPA, and so on and so forth in place, right? I think each individual is different in, in how they set up and what they can and cannot do. But I would say everything is possible. Everything is possible, right? So in my case, um, I can share that basically my legal structure is set up in the way that my Canadian corp owns my U.S. corp. And what that allows me to do is two things. One is it allows me to freely transfer funds from one country over the other. And then the other thing is it allows me to work in the States because as a Canadian, you're not, uh, you're not allowed to work unless you get a, a work visa. So with having a corp in the States doing business, you can apply for such a visa. So tax implications, of course, I pay me personally. I bring all the funds into Canada and I pay out of my Canadian corp. It's just easier and you know where I can consolidate all my income streams to put it in one place. Hey, Right Club Nation. This week's sponsor is Emil Jelnik. Emil is a mortgage broker that has personally helped me grow my real estate portfolio and rent-to-own business for years now. The really cool thing is that he started out like most of us, with no property and no money. Over his investing career, he was able to accumulate over 200 units. The beauty is that with Emil, you not only get the mortgage you need, but you get investing advice from someone there that has been there and done it and has the experience. Absolutely. Now, if you're just getting started or perhaps you already have many properties or even if you want to get into commercial investing, Emil can help you. And he's already helped many of our Right Club Nation listeners. He's very focused on helping you and our listeners meet their financial dreams. So if you wanted to reach out and call Emil, you can call him at 416-402- seven four four eight or visit his website which is jellyneckmortgages.ca if you want to get to know more about emil you can check out his episode of our podcast episode number 21 and get to know emil a little bit better yourself but for now back to the podcast okay well thanks for sharing 
Are there any other big differences as well? Like you mentioned, like the 1031 exchange, that's not a Canadian thing per se. Are there any other, what about financing? How does that work? Yeah, good question, right? So me personally, because I fix and flip, I buy all my houses, all, all my investments with cash. You got to realize the price difference is major, right? Depending, again, what, what are you doing? You're paying one-tenth of the price of a property than you're paying in Canada. So if you don't need a mortgage or if you can't do it without a mortgage, that's probably the best bet, right? Uh, as a Canadian citizen, you can't apply for a mortgage through a bank, like a, like a first lender mortgage or, a, sorry, a top A-class bank mortgage. However, you can get um, hard money or, or private lender. So that is possible. I've done that in, in, a, in a couple of my other deals. But it, you got to jump through the same hoops. I mean, you know, there's lenders fees, brokers fees, documentation charges and whatnot, and, and all those add up. So again, if you can do something with cash, that's the best bet. But it is possible to get mortgages for sure. That's awesome. And the underwriting process, the way like the lenders, are they American lenders, Canadian lenders? Who are you getting the financing from? Definitely American lenders. It is harder uh, to convince the Canadian underwriters that, you know, you're buying property in the States. They, they're not very happy about that. <laughs> so uh, you would definitely go with the American lender. Yeah. The process is much easier from an approval point of view. I find that they take a couple of days once they have all the documentation. They do ask for a lot of documentation. So for example, in my case, we had to give all our Canadian corps Canadian T4s and our, our statements, you know, from CRA and whatnot. Um, I don't know what they do with that <laughs> per se, really, but uh, we had to provide all of that. But uh, the decision-making process was pretty quick. Yeah. And is it similar to the Canadian system where you would have like a credit score or how people go on like Equifax? Is that is that the same type of process? You're starting to build a profile in the U.S. and Savio, the U.S. citizen, could technically, I guess, have a different credit score should be the same depending on how they're doing it. How does that, because that's what it right. right. So yeah, good question again. So in this particular case, it's not me as an individual who's applying for the mortgage uh, or for the financing. It's my corp. It's my company, right? They do check my Canadian credit score. They pull the Equifax reports with my SIN, but however, the mortgage is under my corp's name. So there's no credit that's being built per se because you don't have a social security in the States, but they keep that in file, right? So if you go to the same lender, they've already told me the next time I come there, I'm going to get better rates. I'm going to get preferential rates because I've already done business with them, right? So it's a sort of um, not official type of credit score keeping, but you know, you, you do get some credit for doing business with a certain lender uh, repeat business, I should say. Okay. That's interesting. Thanks for sharing that. So I want to ask you about Detroit. So it obviously got hit really hard in 2008 to the point where I think I was looking at properties and they were like pretty much free because I think they've had liens and stuff like that on them. So people are like basically giving these properties away. What do we need to know? And I'm sure you've read the fundamentals and the areas and the pockets, but you know, in, in many people's minds, myself included, Detroit, you know, being that it had so many ups and downs and went bankrupt as well as a state or a city, I quite worry about investing there. So what, what fundamentals are there? And I'm sure that there's lots of great, you know, opportunities that you would say Detroit has. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good question, right? And I think that's what everybody's concern is. I think more than the fundamentals of the of economics and what's happening in Detroit, the first question is, is really safety, right? Do you, are you safe uh, to do a project there? You know, are you going to get 
and right. then mugged or killed or shot or whatever. And on that note, everybody's everybody's watched Eight Mile, right? It's a popular movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually got a funny story uh, on that one. Uh, you know, when I was going for those meetups, so before I even bought my first property, I think I, I spent three months there going for multiple meetups uh, just to see who the players were, right? So I followed, I think, over nine different meetups in three months. And I saw the same people over and over again. And I just went to those guys and I started approaching them, right? And said, listen, I'm, I'm a Canadian. I want to do business in Detroit. So one guy, I was, I had the fortune uh, to meet this guy, Todd Chun. Todd, big up if you're listening to this, you know, holler at you. He came up to me. He said, listen, you want to invest in Detroit? Come with me and you can work shadow. Sit in my truck for three days and I'm taking you everywhere I go and you can see what the city has to offer. And I said, that's great. Let me do that, right? So he's a wholesaler. So whenever he went to a seller, you know, that called him from one of the flyers he put up there, I accompanied him and, and saw how he talked to that seller, right? He's a fix and flipper. So I went and saw the projects that he was doing and the type of finishes that he wanted in those houses. So I could compare it to what we're doing in Canada, right? And then I, I went when he went and collected checks from his tenants because he had buy and hold properties too. So it was excellent. And on day two, we pulled up to this really shady looking street right and he looks over and he says listen i think at this time in this one it's better that you stay in the car because the the tenant is a bit volatile right and i could it was a summer day and i could have sworn when he said this the sun went behind a cloud there was thunder and lightning everything darkened he reaches over to the glove box opens the glove box and takes out a revolver and uh, this is when I started shaking like a Toronto maple leaf in fall, right? <laughs> My hands are oh, sweaty, no. you know? I'm thinking to myself, what do I do if you don't come out in 10 minutes? Who do I call, right? Yeah. Or let me get in the driver's seat so if you come running out screaming, I'm just taking off. And all these thoughts are going through my head. And I didn't even know he had already left by this time. It was the longest seven minutes that I've ever had in my life. He jumps in the car and he's like, yep, I got the check. Let's go. <laughs> and that's it, right? So, uh, no, jokes aside, I mean, that's the stories you, get, you hear. But really, it's like any other city. I think there's some parts of Toronto that's probably as scary as Detroit is, right? It's, it's really about common sense. So going back to the fundamentals, like, for example, I would never buy a home that's close to a liquor store or a gas station in Detroit, because those places attract the wrong kind of crowd and there's always traffic back and forth. So you gotta have the common sense, right? In addition to all the, the market information that you get from your realtor, from other wholesalers and other investors, definitely. Wow, that's a, that's a really good tip. I mean, about the liquor store and the gas station. I don't know if I really, I mean, I probably wouldn't buy something so close to commercial properties, potentially, if I'm looking at residential, but that's a definitely a really, really good point that you brought to light. Now, obviously you're flipping and you're doing a few here and there. What do you need to look for when you're looking for contractors and a team? Because you've got to set up a team, obviously, in Windsor for your, your passive piece, or I don't know if you sell manage that but you're also actively looking for or you're actively you're looking for your active side in Detroit so tell, talk to us about that yeah sure going back again to that to those networking groups and things like this I can't you know I can't stress the power of networking because that's the only way I would say I got started in Detroit you know that twenty thousand dollars that I, I spent for that course you know the biggest takeaway from me was networking 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 go for all the meetup groups because every single deal that i did from in detroit and i'm about to do i got 
referred through a network meeting, right? So I deal really with three wholesalers in Detroit. They know exactly what I'm looking for. So they don't waste my time bringing me properties that, you know, they know I'm not going to go for, right? And similarly, when it comes to contractors, most of my contractors are actually referred through people I've actually met physically at these networking groups or online in the forums and such. So they've been, they've already been vetted, right? Detroit for sure has a bigger pool of resources that you can um, you can pull from. That's one thing I did I did notice compared to Canada and Windsor in particular. I guess just because the population is bigger than what we have over here, there's a lot of trades. But of course, you don't want to like any trades. You don't want to you don't want to get the wrong kind of trades, right? So uh, I always use referrals, and I'm not going to take credit for this next one. But I think I heard it on the the Bigger Pockets podcast. But I've done the strategy. And actually, is, is actually worked. I've sat outside Home Depot at 6:30 in the morning with my Starbucks coffee, and I watched and saw who was going in to buy stuff. Uh, and I've I've approached them, and I've actually given them work. Right? I've gone and said, "Hey, I got work. If you want to work, let's do it." So that strategy absolutely works, and I'm so happy with that because you know a contractor as good as only uh, as you know, you know, as long as they're with you, and you got to keep changing. So that, that yeah. was a great tip. That I think it was Brandon Turner that mentioned that. You know, he goes out, those contractors that are on the ball, not wasting time, they go before hours or after hours. The ones that go in the middle of the day, those are the ones that you're wondering if they just forgot pieces, they're not organized, et cetera. So yeah, definitely great piece of advice. I'm glad that you're doing that. Now, you mentioned properties that you look at, properties that you go for. Like what, what is an ideal property for you there? I like to talk about numbers, right? So typically, I know I'm buying anywhere between 50 to about $75,000 at a purchase price from a wholesaler. So that includes the wholesaling fee, closing fee and things like this. Uh, and I'm putting between 30 and 40 K into it, of course, depending on you know the scope of the projects. But if I can see potential profit about $30,000 US, then I'm not touching it. So again, going back to my wholesalers, they know this already. They know the neighborhoods that I look in. I try to stay away from downtown or the, the core of the city only because it's, it's, it's higher risk of getting broken into. The tenant profile is a little bit different for sure. So I, I want to stay on the edges of the city, if not the, if not the suburbs. So if it meets these criteria, that's what I'm looking for. That's, that's, what, I, that's what I jump on real quick. Sure. So for most flips that you're doing, or are you, are you renting out these Detroit properties? Are you flipping them? Are, who is your ideal client for when this product or when the project is completed? What, what, what's, what's your next step? Yeah, I'm always looking for exit strategy and the safest exit strategy. So my fix and flips are really flipping to the retail community, right? So I'm taking these abandoned, uncared for homes in really nice neighborhoods and bringing them back to life basically, right? So, and then, you know, we're selling to the community, right? People who want to live in that neighborhood, people who have been there before, or maybe have some family in there and want to come back to that neighborhood. That's what I'm looking for. I feel that, as I said before, I don't buy and hold. That's not my strategy in Detroit, only because of the logistics and so on and so forth. But yeah, so flipping, I open up the pool, right? I don't want to sell to another investor. I want to sell to everybody. Okay. All right. That's good. Now, I'm just wondering, so you're selling these properties and you've got people that are buying them. Like, what are some of the legalities of it? So I'm just thinking, like, you're buying a property. What if there's a lien on it or taxes owed? Like, how does that work for you being a Canadian purchasing? Great question. Great question. So, again, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Different courses for different horses or something like that? I can't remember what it is. But there's multiple options, right? So when you do a title search, when, when you go to the title company, they will tell you right off the bat if there's existing liens 
or if there's a water bill that's unpaid for for years that adds up and so on and so forth. So it's really all about negotiation. For the most part, in my case, again, I've clearly told my wholesalers, listen, if I'm buying something from you, you better come with nothing, right? So I'm taking over the property immediately. I'm not paying back taxes or water bills or whatever, unless that's already included in your price. So I have done that before where I negotiated a deal where I bought a property for 40,000 and we went to close. The numbers made sense. Everything was perfect. And when we went to close, I found out that the actual seller is selling it for 25 and there's about 15K in a water bill, which hasn't been paid in 10 years and that accumulated, right? But in that case, the numbers did work for me. So I was okay with that. So it's all about negotiation and what you request with your wholesalers. Again, you yeah. know, building, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to mention in, and you're already doing this, that you're setting that expectation, right? So when your wholesaler sees something that matches what you're interested in, boom, they know to give you a call because you're going to action on it. You're going to close on it. And you're going to buy it. And the things that are not within your scope that have liens or have an X amount of, of work to do in that property, they're not going to, I guess, waste your time, quote unquote, right? With that, they know what you're going to be able to action on and what you're going to buy. Absolutely. It's all about building the relationships and those, and that, and those contacts, right? You got to be clear from the start on what you want, because if you're not clear, then obviously, you know, you're wasting their time and, and you're wasting your time, right? So it's all about setting the expectations as you said, Alfonso. Absolutely. So that, that's awesome. So anything else that a newbie wanting to get into Detroit should be aware of? I think there's a lot of opportunity, right? I mean, everybody knows that Detroit or investing in a fix and flip, you get high margins, but there's, there's so many other things um, a Canadian investor can think about that maybe you haven't thought about already, right? I touched on it a little bit, and I think this is important. So we talked about the 1031 exchange, of course. Many people don't realize that basically you can use that to build your portfolio quite rapidly. So let's say an investor does, I don't know, three flips in a year in 12 month period in Detroit or, or the US. And you know, let's say you, you make $100,000, right? And instead of taking that $100,000 back home, paying your taxes, whatever taxes you gotta pay on that and then reinvest that property, you can take that $100,000 and buy a package of cash flowing properties in the US somewhere in a cheaper state maybe, right? So that opens up so many doors for you that people don't think about that, right? Or if you're a Canadian investor, let's say you have maxed out your mortgages and you can't qualify for any mortgages. You have down payment money, but you can't qualify for any mortgages. And you're not that JV type person, right? You're not gonna go look out for a JV and try and get somebody to qualify for you. Then you might wanna think about investing in the States because the down payment money that you would you would pay for a house in Canada can buy you a house outright, a cash flowing house outright. Or so, two. <laughs> Too. Yeah, depending, right? So uh, there's a lot of opportunities that, that people don't really think about. It's all about what they know and what their education is. So definitely after this, I'm sure you'll share my, my contact information. But if anybody wants to delve more deeper into that, I'll be happy to, to do so. Yeah, that's uh, that's so cool. And it's so amazing now that we met at a networking event in Windsor face-to-face. I know you'd come out to the Right Club. And now you're being part of, I call it the ecosystem, right? The Right Club Nation. Someone that's done it, that's invested in the U.S., now, hey, like we got a Detroit guy, right? That's kind of cool that, you know, any questions that, that you can share, that's amazing. But I think at this point of the podcast, we've reached the lightning round. So, Savio, are you ready for the lightning round? I'm nervous. I'm nervous. But oh, don't right. be nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> First answer that comes to mind. It's now time for the lightning round. 
This week's lightning round is brought to you by Laurel Simmons. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced real estate investor or a beginner. It's really easy to lose focus and not accomplish what you set out to do. And when you get right down to it, the reason usually is pretty basic. Your why isn't big enough or clear enough to keep you going. Don't give up. Don't stop. Take a breather from your busy day and think about what you've set out to do and why you're doing it. And while you're taking a break, go to www.thewhyfactorbook.com. There you can sign up to find out when Laurel's upcoming book, The Why Factor, Why I Eat and Drink My Way Around the World, and Why You Can Too, will be released. And when you do, you'll get free access to a short audio called What's Your Story? Number one, what is the best advice you've ever received from another investor or at a networking event? Oh, I don't know if I can say this on, on a podcast, but I'll go anyways. He said, so the guy told me, grow some kahunas. <laughs> grow some kahunas and go and do something. Because when I started, my background is uh, I'm a finance guy. So I did a lot of analysis when I was in the corporate world. And uh, analysis paralysis is a true disease, right? So until you go and actually do it, you'll never learn. There's, I mean, you can go for all the education classes. You can go for all the, the meetups. But if you don't go out there and do something, I don't think anything will happen. Right. The best learning is learning on the job. So definitely, yeah, that was that was it. I love it. The kahunas. I love it. I think we've heard it we've heard it said in a different way, but yeah, same thing. Different time. languages. <laughs> I love it. You get a t-shirt, the right club with all the different words. Uh gross That's a great idea. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So second question, lightning round. What is your favorite real estate investing resource? Oh, that's simple. I'll actually give you two, if you don't mind, right? Again, going back to uh, that course that I did, I paid a hell of a lot of money. So I'm going to save all your audience members a ton of money right now. It's networking, networking, networking. You got to go to every single meetup that you can possibly go to. Because here's the thing, right? You get free education, number one. That's a given, right? But when you hang around with the same kind of people, with the same kind of mindset that you have, I don't care if you're the most introverted introvert in the world. There's energy in that room, right? There's something in the air that's going to make you do something and take some action. So even if you're just starting out and you're scared as hell, go for those meetups because it'll push you to do something. It just happens. It's magic. So that's the first one. The second one, absolutely for sure. Again, something that's free is podcasts, right? So that's something you can listen to anywhere, anytime, and it's absolutely free. There's not a single thing that I've paid for in a course that I haven't learned through listening to somebody on a podcast somewhere. So all that information that you would pay for in a course, you would get out of a podcast. So, you know, when I drive down to the 401, I pop in my podcast, the Right Club podcast for sure. You know, Sarah allowed me, uh, Sarah's before that, you know, where should I invest? I got a few others that I listen to and it, it feels that the drive makes it, the drive is shorter, much shorter. So those two for sure. There you go. Very well said. Great advice. Number three, what is the one attribute that has made you most successful? Are you asking me to toot my own horn? I, that, that's Absolutely. that's really come on, man. It's not that's, that's what makes us all different. What's what makes you you and able to do what you do? Uh, you know what? Uh, that's a hard one. I like to say that I'm a good listener. So I, I don't know. I when I talk to somebody, they just feel comfortable to share their deeper, most inner feelings with me. I don't know what that is. It may be my accent changes when I talk to Americans versus I do when I talk to Canadians or anybody else, or maybe it's my body language. I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but I just feel people like to talk to me. And uh, I think that's so important 
in any business, I mean, real estate investing for sure, relationships are, are the biggest thing, as you know, right? That's how we all grow. It's all about relationships. Nobody's buying the house, really. They're buying you. I think that really helps me a lot. I, I also realize that the more you get out there, the easier it becomes. So I want to say my personality. <laughs> I love that. I think that's like a Dale Carnegie thing or like, a, like an old saying, right? You never learn when you're talking. You learn when you're listening. Right? Yeah. So that's a it might great. be in how to win friends and influence people, I think. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. That's awesome. There's a perfect example of partnership. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Last question of the lightning round. Okay. And the reason we ask this question is that we can know you a little bit better. And we do record them on Sunday mornings. But on a typical Sunday morning, what are you doing? Ooh, okay. I'll tell you my dream Sunday morning. I have two five-year-olds. I got a twin girls, and uh, and I'm a, at the same time I'm a I'm a super fan of Liverpool Football Club, which is a English Premier League uh, soccer team, right? So usually they play on Sundays. So ideal Sunday is you know I'm watching the game. This because of the time difference it starts really early over here, so it's about seven o'clock. And that goes up to nine o'clock. So hopefully my girls are asleep and I'm sitting in front of the TV watching the game with my coffee. And that's my perfect role, you know, but it doesn't last. It's shattered real quick when they're up because <laughs> <laughs> real life happens, right? But that is, that is great. I get time to spend with sure. Great. Awesome. Savio, if listeners wanted to reach out and know more about you, where can they go? Okay. So I'm all on social media. My call sign or my uh, go-to is at real estate investor sav so that's all one word real estate investor sav and you can go to my youtube channel i put up all my videos of my work in detroit and my buy and holds in windsor as well i put some cash flow videos up there so if you're really interested to see what i do um then definitely go there you know you can dm me on you know on instagram and and facebook i got a facebook page as well that's awesome Savin. thank you so much for your time tonight any last words quick advice that you want the right club nation to know yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're just starting out into real estate investing or if you're a seasoned investor already and you're looking to scale up your business, get out to these meetings. That's all I can say. You know, the right club is one great one. There's there's a few others in your area. Even if it's too far, you know, look it up because the value of networking is, is going to make you take the next step. So get out to these meetings and yeah, happy investing. All right, there you go. Happy investing. Thank you, Savio, for being on our show and allowing the listeners, the Right Club Nation, to learn all about you. And we're really excited because you have become a regular at our events. And so, guys, if you want to come and say hi to Savio, Savio is, uh, is present at our Right Club events. So thank you so much, Savio, for all of your time today and uh, giving some great insights on Detroit and Windsor. So thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Wow, what a great interview, Sarah. Savio is just like, he's doing it. He's investing out in Detroit. People hear Detroit and he's seen like, I thought I mentioned in the podcast, the eight mile and they're nervous. I'm like, oh no, Detroit, people get killed there. And yeah, but he's doing it. He's applying common sense. That's his market. That's where he's the expert in. Yeah, he went out, he networked, he found people that were doing it and learned from them and really learned and applied his knowledge and really just took the plunge to uh, to get it done. And sounds like he's really successful and and what helped him, and he mentioned it, which I think is really cool, is networking. And it doesn't have to cost a fortune to get the information, but you can network, you can listen to podcasts, and you really can create a different life for yourself without having to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars learning. There's a lot of inexpensive opportunities to learn for sure. 
Absolutely. And the cool part is that he, again, went to Detroit, started networking people that are doing what he wants to do and, and start learning from them. And, and we say that all the time on this podcast and in, in, our, in our groups is that your network is your net worth. And you don't have to know everything, but you have to know somebody or somebody that knows somebody or, you know, what's that song? You know, somebody that knows somebody, but that's what it really is, is, is getting out there, finding out the information that you want. That's what we want you to achieve when, when you come out to live events is to, to find, you come out there for a reason. There's some type of answer, questions that you have that you guys are seeking. And in those rooms, I'd be really, really surprised if we couldn't find some type of answer or at least twice removed that somebody can find somebody else that knows, right? And, and that's the cool part is, look, like a brand new world, going from Oakville to Windsor and then investing in Detroit and able to do it and do it successfully. Come on, guys, there's no excuse why you can't go and buy something, you know, and, and pick something or do something or find that strategy. Absolutely. That's right. I, I want to thank our listeners, our listeners that are coming on and listening to our podcast each and every single week. And so thank you, Right Club Nation. We really love you guys and the support and all the emails that have been coming in with some different suggestions and some some awesome feedback. We, we love that stuff. And you know, we would not be here if it wasn't for you. And so Thank you for, for being out there and listening and being part of our Right Club Nation and our community. So we're excited. We're growing together. You guys, if there's anything that we can do for you, find us at Sarah at therightclub.com or Alfonso at therightclub.com. And if you think that we deserve it, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. It definitely helps listeners find us as well so we can help them grow too. Absolutely. Don't keep us a secret. We love doing this podcast. We're going to keep it going. Yeah, share with your friends, family, people that you think that want to hear it. Sometimes we get caught up and we forget that, you know, we hang out with real estate investors and there's other people out there that think that we're, let's get out there, let's do it, let's grow together. All right, cool, awesome. On that note, guys, thank you so much and see you next week. Come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.